0: Everyone has something in their life that can be a stressor, but some people deal with their situations in more positive ways in order to take control. It's not difficult. You can do this too. Welcome to Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully with your host, Rusty Williams. In this program, you'll learn how using hypnosis and mindfulness can lessen the stress and strengthen your life. Now, here is Rusty Williams.
1: Well, hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us on another week of this little episode we have, this little show we have called Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully, and I hope your week has gone well and is going well. I can share with you that my week is going fantastic, if for no other reason that I've gone two straight weeks now without walking into a stop sign. (laughs) Yes, I've actually gone two weeks, for those of you that, that might not have tuned in two weeks ago while walking the dogs, uh, in our neighborhood, which has no streetlights, um, at at nighttime. Um, I walked and my head is the one that came in my head is the part of my body that came in contact with the stop sign. And so I've gone two whole weeks, two full weeks now with being able to navigate my neighborhood easily, effortlessly. And you know why? Because Mm -hmm. now I carry a flashlight with me. Hey, you live and learn, right? So a little reminder here, um, don't forget to check out our website, njhypnosistraining.com. Um, find us on Facebook, NJ Hypnosis Training. Like us, follow us, where you can send questions, comments, suggestions, alibis, whatever it is that you want to wanna send to, to me, and, and we'll talk about them in later episodes. And so, let's get started. Now, up until this point with all the episodes of this show, we've talked about the benefits of hypnosis and mindfulness. We've talked about The benefits of hypnosis and how it can help change our thinking, how it can help change our actions, um, our motivations. We also talked about how easy it is and simple it is to incorporate mindfulness in our lives every day by doing small little chunks, even 30 seconds at a time, multiple times throughout the day, can literally help rewire our brains. And you might remember me saying that, at least way back in the beginning, that we all experience different hypnotic states throughout the day, that we go in and out of these, some people might want to call them trance states, but we go through hypnosis without even thinking about it throughout the day. And you might want to remember my definition and my explanation. I hate giving definitions of hypnosis. And if you remember, I said, if you lined up to hundred hypnotists and ask them for their definition of hypnosis, you would probably get 100 different answers. And our guest today, when he hears my explanation or definition of hypnosis, he might say, yeah, kind of, sort of, but here's mine. So remember, my definition of hypnosis was simply this. When we become absorbed in something and we narrow our focus, we're kind of experiencing hypnosis. And sometimes we even hypnotize ourselves into thinking and then acting in ways that are either positive or negative. And unfortunately, more often than not, those hypnotic suggestions that we give ourselves are negative. Um, I can't do this, or I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, it'll never work. you know. And when we deny ourselves the success that we're trying to, to get. So today, today's going to be a little different. And here's what I'd like you to do to think about today. My guest and I are going to be talking about how society, how different aspects of society are constantly bombarding us with hypnotic suggestions, some I call covert hypnosis. And I want you to think that my guest and I are simply having a conversation and you get to eavesdrop in on this conversation. Two hypnotists talking back and forth about what we think about these, what we would call embedded suggestions, suggestions that are embedded in sentences or phrases And you get to listen. That's why I I love this medium of radio or podcast because you get to formulate in your own mind um, what it is, maybe what we look like, and that's, uh, I apologize for that Uh, (laughs) because I have the best face for radio, I've been told. So we're going to look at today different aspects and the ways different areas of society are constantly trying to influence us through hypnotic suggestions. So you can just sit back, and kind of just eavesdrop with my guest and I. And because you can imagine different situations where understanding messages is important, you know, it's my goal for you to just relax and enjoy the show. And maybe because you're here today, perhaps with a purpose in mind, maybe you can find it easy to become curious about what you're about to learn. So we're calling today's topic, Hypnosis in Plain Sight, Covert Hypnosis in Everyday Life. And we're joined today with someone who is an expert on this topic. We're joined today with Jonathan Royal. Jonathan, Dr. Jonathan Royal is regarded internationally as a leader in hypnosis and mind control techniques. His film, Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis and Book of the Same Name expose how hypnosis and brainwashing techniques are used in everyday life and from all angles of life. He educates laypeople and professionals on the manipulative, persuading, and even controlling covert techniques used in marketing and sales, in advertising, politics, even religion, to name but a few. So, Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hi, Rusty. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. Well, it's great to have you, and I would imagine our listeners, just from you introducing yourself there, would render a guess that maybe you're not from this side of the pond. So, (laughs) maybe you can tell us a little bit about who they're listening to. Maybe you can tell about yourself, how you got involved in hypnosis and what you've done since you've become a certified hypnotist. Okay, I'll try and keep this as short as I can, although it is a bit odd. I'm I'm
2: currently, as we record this, 44 years of age. Um, I was born on the 13th of August, 1975 into a travelling circus family. And my dad's uh, a circus clown and a fire eater, and my mum was a sharp shooting, whip-cracking, rope-spinning cowgirl. So I grew up in the circuses and the fairgrounds, or carnivals as I think they call them in uh, America. And I very quickly learned from all that, uh, performing as Britain Jungie Circus Clown at the age of three and a half, and then later at the age of about eight, getting into magic, sort of David Copperfield-style magic and illusions, I, I very quickly saw that things were not always what they appeared to be. There was quite often trickery involved, and, you know, in the circus, things that looked dangerous often are safer than they appear to be, and things that look relatively safe can often be the ones that could actually kill you. It's kind of inverted. And as I went through life, I discovered that about magic tricks as well. And then I discovered uh, in my teenage years, as I was getting bullied uh, for being kind of the odd one out and coming from a circus family and having been a clown, I found kids can be incredibly cruel. Um I was getting books from the library on magic and stuff. And they were in the same area as the self-help books. And I saw one day a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And I thought, oh, if I get that and use what's in the book, surely if I can win friends and influence them, then they're not going to bully me. So I got the book ready and very quickly found out that whilst the book and its contents I would recommend to adults, uh, in terms of a kid using it on other kids it, it's next to useless and if anything it made the bullying worse but that did set me on a quest because when I took it back I noticed there were books on hypnotherapy there I was feeling a sense of depression and anxiety from this bullying and feeling down and I started to use self-hypnosis techniques to make myself feel more positive positive. Uh, and fast forward a bit at the age of 14 I took a mail order Um, correspondence distance learning course in hypnotherapy lied about my age said I was 18 because that was the minimum enrolment age passed the exam and once I passed it I told them actually I'm only 14 and rather than go completely mental uh, and throw me out they said well you passed the exam simple as so you know what we'll let you remain a member and a kind of Victor Kayam the shaving guy he was so impressed by the shavers, he bought the company. A number of years later, I actually bought the Association of Professional Hypnotherapists and Psychotherapists off Dr. Brian Howard, who I'd done my training with, and I now run that. And basically, from the age of 14 in 1989 to the present day, I've been treating people with hypnotherapy. Uh, I've been doing comedy stage hypnosis shows. And along the way, I did get involved because of my own personal interest in seeing the world's quite inverted in how things work, looking into religion, sales, education, pretty much every area of life. And the more I dug and looked, the more I came to the conclusion that the powers that be, so to speak... Are hypnotising us, arguably, for want of a better word, brainwashing, manipulating, influencing, persuading—call it what you will—but they are manipulating people's thoughts, beliefs, memories, and emotions from all areas of their life on a daily basis. Uh, in such an uh, such a some of it's covert, but some of it is so blatantly obvious when it's pointed out that people th- would say, "Well." Yeah, we know, for example, that television commercials are, are, are steered to make us want to buy something or associate, um, you know, that the best type of baked beans or a certain brand or the best milk to buy is a certain brand or, or whatever. And people say, yeah, consciously we know that. But the thing is, because you're so consciously aware that they're trying to sell you something, people quite often turn off in the commercial breaks. Uh consciously so to speak and they'll look away from the telly go and make a a coffee um or get a drink or grab a snack or but the telly noise is still going on in the background or they may talk to a member of the family in the room so consciously your attention is fixated on the person you're talking to in the room not the television or on getting that drink or that snack and it's much like you said before rusty you're fixated consciously there but at that moment what is being said on the telly, because you're not consciously aware of it, it kind of bypasses your conscious mind. You're not putting up any resistance, and it just kind of goes into your nettop computer, your, your, your unconscious, subconscious mind, call it what you will. I like to think of it as a nettop computer where those files go in. And before you know it, you find yourself weeks later in the supermarket or in the store um, picking up that product, and you just – get drawn to it because it happens as an automatic kind of action because there was no resistance ball. So consciously you think you're aware that you're being influenced uh, by certain things like television adverts or politicians trying to make you believe a certain message, but the moment you consciously say, hey, I know you're trying to influence me and kind of divert your attention elsewhere is when that message can dangerously uh, bypass the critical faculty, or analytical area of the brain, and get into your unconscious mind and affect you without you being aware
1: that you're actually being influenced. And, uh, that's, and, and that's and that's the magic, so to speak, of what we call in the hypnosis world embedded suggestions.
2: Yeah, and, and, and the magic therapeutically it is magical. It's wonderful. It can help people, but you know, potentially it can have negative effects. It's like a hammer. If you get a claw hammer, you can hammer nails in the wall using one side of it. With the other side, you can pull nails out. Positive uses. But, you know, in the wrong hands with the wrong intent, somebody could hit somebody over the head with that same hammer and kill them. Uh, it, it, it's, it's about the intent of the person using the tools or the techniques. And there's nothing more powerful than there's two ends of the scale. There's Fear. And there's laughter. And if you are laughing your head off, you can't, you know, with true laughter, you can't really be scared. I know there's nervous laughter, but I'm on about comedy laughter. Okay, so when you've got that relaxed, laughing your head off at a comedy film, you can't be scared at the same time. And when you're truly, truly petrified scared, you can't have that relaxed laughter. You can have the nervous form, but you can't have the... real. There's two extreme scales, and they both release different chemical reactions in the body when you're laughing uh it's serotonin uh, adre- adre- all feel-good chemicals when you're in fear uh your muscles tighten up your mouth goes dry you start to produce cortisol uh and other chemicals that pre- prepare in the body for the fight or flight you know run or fight your corner type of thing and they are the two ends of the scale and most religious leaders most politicians Most educators and authority figures, most advertisers, you name it, practically every area of life know this and know that generally speaking it's best to keep people in a state of confusion and disorientation because when you're in some state of disorientated confusion in your conscious mind, you're so occupied with going, what does that mean? What should I do? What's really happening that you're so focused on that? that any underlying message they want to sneak into your unconscious mind can bypass incredibly easily. They know this. The same with putting somebody in a state of fear. Um, When somebody's scared, they're so occupied in a state of anxiety or fear that it becomes immediately easier to embed commands, hide suggestions, or or provide people with solutions. Mm -hmm. So an example would be a politician who wanted to get an outcome, wanted to pass a a new bill through um, Parliament or Congress or or wherever you are, would, um, rather than going to the people and saying, we're going to pass this new law that might take away some of your freedoms, and people go, no, 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 you can't do that. We don't want more surveillance. We don't want more armed um, police or security on the streets. What they would do is they would or leak stories, for example, of um, terrorist events having taken place, or they would spin uh, a terror threat saying that there's a threat of something happening, so that people would get scared, confused, disorientated, what's going on, and they would literally beg the perceived authority figure to, please protect me. Uh, and it would be in a state of mind then that when the perceived authority figure, in this case a politician, goes, we have found a solution, but that solution is more armed officers or more surveillance or, or whatever. I'm just using this as an example. That The mass populace then will go, yes, please, give us that, give us that, and embrace it and accept something that they would not normally accept because presented in a... Normal manner without the person being confused, disorientated, or scared, they'd be able to see that really what this was all about was taking away their
1: freedoms and being put under more and more state control. Got it. So it, it reminds me of the, you know, we, we talk about in, in one way to create a hypnotic trance is to create an emotion at a suggestion. Create an emotion, give a suggestion. And it sounds like I'm just simplifying. What yes. you just shared. Um, yeah. So we, I want to, I just want to share with with our listeners um, bef- before we we go to break. You know, I had told Jonathan, and by the way, Jonathan, the way you explained that um, makes perfect sense, and I think all of us can at least recall. It resonates with all of us at least at some level. And obviously, this isn't a political show. We're not saying right, wrong, or different. But that's just one example mm. of how oh, it used in all areas yeah. of life. I'm definitely not saying. And it's not one political party, so it doesn't matter. It it does left or right, it doesn't matter. And and I told Jonathan when when Jonathan and I spoke about him coming on the show, I told him that we're going to be talking about how you, the listener, can really tune in to the world around you so that you just know when someone is trying to take advantage of you. About how Mm -hmm. you'll just have that instinct to be aware of those situations, and because you, like Jonathan and me, want what's best for you, you can really enjoy the show, and even tell your friends about it and how you enjoy your life more by learning to be in the moment, even in situations that are stressful. Now, I'm sure, Jonathan, I can't see you right now, but I would imagine you're smiling a little bit with me just stating that last paragraph. And Mm -hmm. um, I I, I did that purposefully because for those of you who are listening and, and kind of paying attention, not paying attention that paragraph was filled with embedded suggestions and Jonathan being an expert on embedded suggestions probably picked up on all of them and was probably gone, Oh, here he goes. What's he, what's he saying now? And even when I opened the show, if you remember when I opened the show, I said something to the effect. And because you can imagine, and Jonathan understands how powerful that is. I I said how you can just relax and enjoy this show and even become curious about what you're going to learn. So, Those are embedded suggestions, and I wanted to throw them in there because Jonathan and I, when we come back after the break, are going to kind of be breaking down how embedded suggestions, how we put them as hypnotists in an ethical way, as Jonathan said, in hypnotherapy, Uh as as we do with clients. But we're also going to talk about how this goes about in everyday life as well. Uh, And Jonathan mentioned it's just about in every part of life, every authority figure, every perceived authority figure. And even if they don't consciously know they're doing it. You'd be amazed at how often embedded suggestions are given. So we're gonna talk about that, discuss that when we come back from this break, and that'll be just in a few minutes. So hang tight, um, listen to whatever you're gonna listen to now as Jonathan and I talk while the commercial goes right about now. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com It's your world.
0: You're listening to Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. To reach the program today, you're welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send Rusty an email, his email address is 13.rwilliams at gmail.com. Now back to Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully.
1: All right. Welcome back, everybody. Well, that's how you get a hold of me. Jonathan and I were talking. And Jonathan, I want to give you an opportunity or at least give our listeners an opportunity. If they want to find you and, and learn more about you, if they want to contact you, communicate with you, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you or find you on that big world wide web yeah thank you yeah um
2: my main website is magicalguru.com that's m-a-g-i-c-a-l-g-u-r-u ucom com and if you go there there's a section that says free stuff there's a whole bunch of free videos ebooks and a whole bunch of other stuff that will um enlighten you to uh, the kind of subject matters that we're uh, talking about in this show
1: great and when we uh When we left for break, we were talking about um, the embedded suggestions that that I was using about, you know, ways to um, relax and enjoy the show. And maybe you, like Jonathan and me, and Jonathan and I were talking during the break, and obviously he picked up on them. Jonathan, how easy is it for someone to embed these kind of suggestions, even without training, So let's say it's not a marketing person. It's quite easy, but you know what? It's semi-pointless.
2: In in my opinion, that's going to sound a bit odd. The way it's generally taught to embed things, an example would be um, if a hypnotherapist were saying to a client, I don't know if, You want to go into a trance right now or in a few moments' time, but go into a trance, you will all the same. Now, that sentence sounds like a normal sentence, but I'll emphasise it slightly more that that certain bits are said a little bit louder, so I'll really do this in a joking fashion to it. I don't know if you want to go into a trance now! or in a few moments time, but go into a trance! You will all the same. Now that's ridiculous, that would make somebody laugh, but it's just to emphasize that by making a slight difference, which I did in the first occasion, but not that much of a difference, consciously you don't pick up on the slight either voice tone change or volume level change, so it comes across as just being one normal sentence. I don't know if you want to go into a trance now or in a few moments' time. And that's how it would be as a normal sentence. But just by altering a couple of words, so it becomes, I don't know if you want to go into a trance now or in a few moments' time. But going into a trance, you will all the same as you relax more. By emphasizing a little bit of extra volume on the going to a trance or going to a trance now, consciously, uh, it's not picked up on. The critical faculty, analytical area of the brain, or as I like to call it, like the sort of nightclub um, bouncer who who stops, who's there to protect you from rubbish coming in, doesn't notice it. And those bits get perceived as separate suggestions, commands, instructions, sentences, call them what you will, by your unconscious mind, who's not putting up any resistance. So it's more likely that the client will then go into a trance. It could just as easily be. Um, I don't know if you want to uh, decide to buy right now or in a few moments' time. If you need a little bit longer to think, or you just want to buy now, and I'm purposely, it should become a bit more obvious because I'm purposely emphasising it too much when I'm saying in that example of buy now. Um, So by emphasizing certain words in a sentence with a slight different voice tone, slightly higher, slightly lower, or or different pace, it can be perceived by the unconscious mind as a separate sentence, whereas consciously it's innocently taken as one sentence. Now, that does work to a degree. However, perhaps controversially... I think that a lot of the stuff taught out there about covert hypnosis and conversational hypnosis is bunkum. Um, There are people charging a fortune to teach people how to use hypnotic language patterns to become better with the opposite sex or to sound
1: more. I'm filled with that. It, It drives me out of my mind.
2: It's bunkum. What it is, whilst in theory there are messages hidden within sentences like the example I've just given, the truth is. Or if somebody pays several hundred dollars for one of these courses from a perceived authority figure in that area, they buy it, they study it, they start using it, and they feel a sense of confidence within themselves that they know some special technique that other people don't. And because of that, they naturally project more confidence and a body language of authority. And it's actually them being more confident and having the body language of authority that enables them to say anything they're saying with more conviction, expecting to be obeyed and get certain results. And it's that attitude and state of mind and belief system that actually gets them the results, I believe, rather than any so-called fancy hidden language patterns they've learned. It just becomes a self, you know, all authority figures in education, religion, uh, sales, politics, You know, all areas of life, uh, the successful ones have confidence, sometimes to the point of arrogance. It can sometimes cross that line. But that is where the key is, having confidence backing what you're saying so that your body language is, to use a winky-wanky term, congruent.
1: Congruency, absolutely. So, So when it's not just the words we say, it's how we say what we say. Very much so, yeah. And so that leads me to, to this question. You know, a person, just as a person, must at least be open to a suggestion for it to be acted on. You have clients coming to you for whatever reason. At least there are some that they might be like when I first, my wife dragged me. You didn't hear the first show that we did, but I was dragged to a hypnotist kicking and screaming by my wife for okay. pain control. So, but I was at least open to the possibility. So, just as a person at least has to be open to a suggestion for it to be acted on, does a person have to be open to its, an embedded suggestion for it to be acted on? No. Um, yes
2: and no, right? Okay, I'm slightly flippant. No, as long as the person who is intending to influence you, whether that be a political leader, an educator, a politician a religious leader, a salesperson, or whatever, it doesn't matter, any area of life, if they know how to harness and create a state of confusion, a state of disorientation, and or a state of fear in you on some level, so that you're in a state of anxiety, confusion, disorientation, or fear or an element of them all, then it doesn't really matter what you believe or what you're open to if what they are embedding in their suggestions or trying to make you believe uh, offers uh, an escape route from that fear and disorientation and confusion so that automatically grabbing that suggestion or command from them or opportunity to do what they wanted you to do which you would normally consciously reject becomes the way to enter a, a feeling of safety and leave that fear and disorientation and confusion behind. It is largely... That is why governments regularly are always threatening to go to war. They want people scared. That is why politicians are always talking about things changing. There may be increases in taxes or cuts in... um, benefits or welfare or help or it's so that there's always something going on to disorientate and confuse people and purposely authority figures will create situations of divide and conquer uh, where people will argue with each other they want to pit you and me as members of the public against each other so that that's why they encourage there to be different political parties to be different ...different religious or non-religious belief systems, because they want people to argue and disagree, because while they're arguing and disagreeing and so caught up in their minds about these meaningless, really, um, disagreements... Um, they're not seeing what is going on right before their noses, which is more of the freedoms being taken away, more control systems being put into place by the powers that be. Uh, you know, the education systems being dumbed down. So it's becoming an indoctrination system where really you're just being taught to learn, to remember what you're told by authority figures, believe it and regurgitate it when you do an exam and you get patted on the back and rewarded when you remember correctly what the authority figure told okay. you to be true.
1: That, uh, you know, you, my, my wife is, is a retired teacher and, and one of her pet peeves is, you know, and I, I guess they're needed, but standardized testing is how the teachers now, I just have to teach for the test. Because if they don't and the kids don't do well in their class, then it's a reflection on the teacher. Instead of really being able to teach and have the kids open up their minds and expand their thoughts and actually think for themselves. So everything you said at least resonated with me. And I, I was going to save this for last, but you brought up some some good points. And and what the heck, let's just go here now. We're going okay. to be apolitical. So let's just – we're going to be apolitical as far as I'm concerned. But here's one of the things. When I um, – present at seminars when I give workshops on either self-hypnosis or mindfulness. I remind people what happens when you and you mentioned it earlier, the TV's left on, you talked about it goes to a commercial. Mm. I'm now going to talk about what happens when the TV is left on all day and it's on a cable news channel. And it doesn't matter left or right, what side of the aisle, what side I'm of the is going. Theater. so theater. Um, I know I know there's been studies, and I believe one of the studies was actually done, I believe, in the UK Where there's the the formula that is used by cable news networks is almost if if not exactly very similar to the formula that Jonathan was just describing, where spike the fear, what we call it spike the amygdala, get the fight or flight Mm -hmm. reflex going, and then repeat an opinion over and over again, create an emotion. So we create this emotion on top of it, it bypasses that critical faculty, that bouncer at the door that Jonathan was saying, I call it the BS meter, that says, I'm not letting this in. While our brains are processing, fear is a a wonderful, I don't want to say wonderful in a good way, but it's a very effective way to create trance. While Mm -hmm. all that's going on, the critical faculty is bypassed, and then what they're selling becomes a person's thoughts, then it becomes the person's opinion, then it becomes the person's belief, and then the person acts on it. And again, for at least me, and I'm going to ask your opinion in a minute, Jonathan, Mm -hmm. once I get off my soapbox here, but at least for me, when when I give talks, and and it doesn't matter, we all have our political leanings, and, and I'm not saying anyone's right or wrong in this, but I think it's important to understand that the news media, it's a business, And their business is to get ratings so that they can get more advertising dollars. And the more conflict that they create, the more us against them, the more divisiveness creates, the more their ratings go up. And it's so important, I think, to at least be aware of what's happening with the formula that is used to spike our fight or flight reflex to, to that that primal part of our brain that says uh-oh there's the fear that Jonathan was talking about and then there an opinions repeated over and over usually by multiple guests that they have on the show mm. and then this emotion is created so we create an emotion then we give the suggestion it bypasses that, that critical faculty that bouncer at the door the BS meter it goes into the unconscious mind where we consider it we accept it as the truth and before we go to break, Jonathan, we have a couple minutes. Maybe you can expand on that if you can do it. in. Yes, in I, mean, two, I think two, th- you've two, explained th- it
2: really well, Rusty. But one thing I would add to that is that with the news channels, for example, um, categorically, I tell you now, listeners, and don't take my word for it, go and investigate. Go to my website, magicalguru.com. Click on the tab that says extreme danger, extreme hypnosis. And on that page um, are loads of free videos explaining Politics, education, religion, the banking system, the media, and how, what their real agenda is. Because the media you see, uh, the world's media, whether it's radio, newspapers, magazines, the internet, blog, websites, pretty much ninety nine point nine percent of it is owned by just four or five people. Rupert Murdoch's one of them. Uh, Lord Rothmanier. There's about four or five people on the world's media. And all of these people will have media that they publish or broadcast that is, for the uh, you know people with right uh, political views. But at the same time, they also own media that will have left political views. Yes, they will own both sides um, because it's not about what they believe as the owner of the media. It's about. Dividing and conquering the mass populace, so the more easier to control, because they're busy fighting with each other. And they will anchor triggers. As a hypnotist, we tell somebody, perhaps, a ther- therapy client, that you know, if ever they had a craving in the future for a cigarette or tobacco, that all they needed to do was press their fingertip and thumb together, and suddenly that would act as their ring of confidence and willpower. And any of those cravings would just melt away in the instant and they'd feel fantastic as the confident, happy healthy non on they have become and continue to be. So the anchor there would be all those thoughts, feelings and emotions would flood their body when the finger and thumb pressed together. But it can be a phrase, it could be a key word that's the trigger. For example, and, and you know, I don't care whether you love uh, President Trump or you hate him, it's not about that. This is just a great example of what they did. They will talk about some other political party being uh, bad um, to make themselves look good, and then it will anchor those feelings of negativity to a phrase. For example, in the Trump campaign, it was "drain the swamp." It's short, sweet sound bites that kind of become brainworms, earworms that get in your head, and whenever you hear them, instantly it triggers off those feelings of resentment or anger towards the villain that they've cast in the role, and. Come people get cast as the villain through the media that people perceived as being unbiased and trustworthy, well, no, the media are there to do what the bankers say, the people who print the money, um, you know, as one of the um, Rothschilds once said, uh, give me control of a nation's money and, you know, I don't care about the governments or anything else, basically, he who controls the money is the person in control. And the people, you know, who control the money will decide what agenda newspapers are to follow at the times of elections. You've just got to look at British politics, for example, and look at <laughs> Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch has quite literally backed every winning prime minister of the past several decades. And by backed it, it's not a case of he gambled. He used the media to brainwash, manipulate and anger the public so he would make all the other parties seem like they're incompetent or that they're the villain. He would use the media, trusted media sources to make those people, the mass populace, cast the rest of them as villains so that logically then they would only vote a majority so, for who he wanted to be in power. And the so people it works.
1: Yeah, of course it works. So, it yeah. Alright, so we're up against a break right now. When we come back, um, Jonathan and I will be Finishing this discussion, and then I want to end. I I told Jonathan before we started. I want to end on a positive note. So we're going to talk about about how we can give ourselves positive self suggestions and not give ourselves negative embedded suggestions, even unknowingly. And we'll discuss that and protect ourselves. And we'll discuss that as soon as we come back right after this break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
4: Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community.
0: You're listening to Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. To reach the program today, you're welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send Rusty an email, his email address is 13.rwilliams at gmail.com. Now back to Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully.
1: All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. I think that last segment, we did a – Jonathan did a really good job, I think, of we created some kind of emotion, didn't we, Jonathan? Some, everyone's either going, yeah, they were right, or I can't believe – either way, we created an emotion, and now well, we're going to – Which is one us, of the keys, yeah, that's yeah, what it's and, about. and now we're going to attach a suggestion. So here's the suggestion. The, the purpose of this show, is, as I started out with now 45 minutes ago, was my goal was to make people aware – of how, for the most part, others w- with a knowing purpose uh, create these what we call embedded suggestions in the hypnosis world to in- to try to influence our decision making. Mm. And now I want to flip it so it's, that was I don't want to say it was negative, but uh, hopefully it was eye opening for for our listeners because up until I became a hypnotist, I had no idea that these. Embedded suggestions were in advertising, media, marketing, uh, you name it. And I'm an ordained minister. And once I learned about embedded suggestions, I went out of my way when I was still preaching, when I was still servicing the church where I was, to make sure I did not, and I want to emphasize that, did not include embedded suggestions, even if I thought it was the right thing to do. Because it I don't want to say it skeeves me, it gets me upset, but my goal was just to have people Think and to encourage people to think instead of trying to tell them what to think. Yeah. So that being said, that being said, Jonathan, we talked about what these embedded suggestions are, how they're used. I, I walk into, I, I go to a car dealer, right? Uh, and, and the car dealer says, um, you know, and buy and buy this car and the extended warranty are two of the best investments you can make. I, you know, for the the average person, well, buy and buy this car and the extended, okay, it's a good investment. Jonathan, I understand that our brain processing processes the word buy and buy as B-U-Y, not B-Y. So
4: mm-hmm. what the
1: salesperson saying is buy, B-U-Y, buy this car, buy this extended warranty. How can we, the, the general public, recognize embedded suggestions? Because they are very subtle and when they're done, okay. really good. How can we identify them? And then what can we do to make sure that... We're thinking with that part of our mind that says, "Nah, I'm not going to let this bypass the critical faculty. I'm going to stay in the moment." And we're mm-hmm. going to talk about, you know, part of this. The, the name of the show is "Living Mindfully." The second half of it, "Living Mindfully," being fully present, fully aware, not just what's going well, on. Well, that is us, so. rusty, without a doubt. Um, this is going to sound a bit cliche, but I
2: promise you, it's true. There's um the thing is a lot too many people are either living in the past. Or living in the future. Now, if you're living in the future with thoughts of what I want things to be better in the future, I hope this happens or I hope this happens, then you're living in a state of anxiety or possibly fear. Um, if you're living in the past um, You know Affected by what's going on in the past or well, I wish that hadn't happened to me um, Or you're still You know you're feeling down and depressed And unmotivated Because of stuff that happened in the past Then In both of those Whether you're stuck in the future so to speak Or in the past You are easily manipulated both, far more easily suggestible uh, and easier to influence by the people that want to. When, and hence living mindfully, mindfulness, when you live in the here and now, okay, the present right here. Now remember, the past is history. The future, in truth, is a mystery. We can't do anything about it. Right now is a present. It's a gift. That's why it's called the present. We live in the here and now, in the moment, as mindfulness can you know assist with, or certain um, spiritual traditions like Buddhism and yoga teach you to to be more aware of the here and now and of the moment. Living in the moment where your mind isn't preoccupied with what might be happening in the future or what did happen in the past, where you realize that what happened in the past you cannot alter. The simple fact is, the truth is, what you think happened in the past, it's you just your memory and distortion of it, the way you were emotionally affected at the time. So at the moment, it's got no basis in reality. The same with the future. It's not happened yet. So there's pointless fear in it till it happens. The biggest fear is the fear of being scared. And more often than not, fear is false evidence against reality. So you've got to live in the here and now. And one easy way to do that is for people to start to trust themselves, Nobody knows you as a human being, male or female, young or old, transgender, gay, straight, What it doesn't matter. As a human being, a living entity on this planet, nobody knows you, your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions better than you. So learn to trust yourself. People often, because of everyday life, they're conditioned to the idea that they've got to listen to what authority figures say and that the authority figure knows best. No, they don't. That salesperson does not know better than you what's right for you in your life. Neither does that politician or religious leader or teacher. You are the expert on you. So start to become more aware of being the expert on your inner feelings. By that, I mean like your gut feelings. You know, people call it instinct, intuition, but I call it the gut feeling and there is actually evidence out there that there are more neural pathways running from your gut to your brain than there is the other direction.
1: Wow. In other words, your
2: gut is like another brain. You should start to follow your gut feelings. If you get that feeling inside that something instinctively is not right, Trust yourself. How many times in life have you ignored that gut feeling inside yourself or or, or not listened to that little voice in your head that might go, yeah, really, they just want to sell you this. Really, you should look around and shop around elsewhere or or the little voice saying this person doesn't really have your best interest at heart. You've ignored it because you don't want to put your head above the parapet and say or react in a manner where you're questioning the so-called authority figure. And people are conditioned in life that questioning authority figures means that you are some kind of unruly rebel. Well, no, this isn't about causing riots. It's about doing what's best for you in a peaceful manner. And quite often that can mean trusting your own instincts, that good feeling, and acting on
1: that rather than what the so-called authority figure is trying to tell you. So what would the best way I go in to buy a, a, a piece of furniture? And I'm, I'm, I'm not knocking salespeople. I mean, salespeople yes. do a wonderful job. And, but let's say I want to buy a piece of furniture. And I feel like these embedded suggestions, or at least one or more, is coming at me. What's Without becoming disrespectful, um, impolite, how would you recommend that we, on a one-on-one basis, take control take a, Take control of all situations right
2: from the start. And that doesn't mean having to be rude or arrogant or, or perceptively controlling. If you're going to go into a store, I mean, these days you can do a lot of research on the Internet without getting harassed. But if you're actually going to go in the store where you could be approached by a salesperson, uh, walk in immediately. You approach a salesperson and just say, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm just having a look around. I'd much prefer it because I like to think about things myself. I'll come and ask you stuff after, but please, just if you can just leave me alone for, uh, you know, until um, I come to you. Um, take control of it because the fact is, the fact you've said that, if they try to then sell to you, uh, you're instantly, you're instantly going to feel... Inside that, you you wouldn't want to buy off that person anyway, because they're not listen to what you want. Sure. Um, so they know one know that as a salesperson. So any decent salesperson is going to give you the space to look on your own and
1: leave you alone. Now, how? Okay, so that's with someone else. Great advice. In the next, in the late, we have about two minutes to go. Mm-hmm. How can we avoid? giving ourselves unintentional embedded suggestions. You know, so often you and I understand the... Remember that voice
2: in your head. That voice in your head that criticises you or tells you you're not good enough, remember that's not truly you speaking to you. That is the result of the negative conditioning, mainly from the ages of birth to seven years old, when we're like a blank canvas, we're in a theta state, which is hypnosis, uh, where the authority figures around us say we're not good enough. Um, You know, at school you might get asked, what do you want to be when you're old? And you say you want to be a spaceman or a film star. And the teacher says, don't be silly, you can't do that. Well, that sticks in there. It's gone into your computer bank. Um, you know, you might say you want to be mega rich. People go, ridiculous, you'll never be able to do that. That program's gone in from the age of zero to seven. So, you know, the best favor you can do yourself is reprogram your personal laptop computer. Remove all the negative thoughts, feelings, emotions, desires, memories and false information. And one of the best ways to do that is to go and see a good, ethical Hypnotherapist like Rusty or like myself, or if you can't get there in person, I've got a free session actually on MagicalGuru.com on the therapy page that you can interact with online free of charge that will help you erase all those negative anchors, thoughts, feelings, and emotions and conditioning
1: from say your that, childhood. I'll say that one more time, Jonathan. If they go to your website and go to
2: MagicalGuru.com and click on the page that says Therapy. Right. On the the third video down is uh, a virtual online hypnotherapy treatment session that they can interact with that will help people to erase positively and permanently any negative thoughts, feelings, emotions, anchors or conditioning from childhood and their life and replace it with positive uh, thoughts, feelings, emotions and triggers so that then you will stop getting that critical voice in the head, but and rather you'll get an encouraging one going, go on, you can do this. I'm there for you. I believe in you.
1: So the inner critic really becomes an inner cheerleader. Exactly. Uh, that, that negative voice that says, I'm not sure about this, we, we can turn that in, into a cheerleader. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and Okay, I, I'm doing that, but I'm still not getting... I, I'm. I'm consciously thinking to myself, oh, come on, this is, I, I can't just, is, is we able to do this ourselves or does it require, and we're, we have about 30 seconds. Does it it require requires repetition. It's okay, uh, uh, every I was day hoping.
2: for 28 days, and then within that lunar month cycle, you'll find something you once thought was going to be difficult to achieve becomes so
1: ridiculously easy for you that you'll look back and think, wow, I wish I'd done that sooner. So if a person's willing to invest a month of their time, very small little, we're not talking huge chunks of time no. out of the day, but if they're willing to invest two or three, five, 10 times a day, just telling themselves, repeating it, that it, be, then they believe it. And once we believe something, we act on it.
2: Yeah, I'd leave it with this. Emil QA had a phrase. He said, day by day in every way, I'm getting better and better. If you say that to yourself three times in the morning when you wake up, three times roughly halfway through the day and three times just before you go to sleep at night uh which is when you're most suggestible because of the body's circadian rhythms uh then you will start to believe that you are worthy if your inner voice ever does say anything critical or negative imagine it saying it again but give it a ridiculous squeaky (laughs) voice so it's daft so you start to laugh at it and you stop believing in it and and
1: you only believe when you hear good things i think that that every day and every way I'm getting better or better or some version of that is so simplistic. And when I first heard that, I thought, come on, this can't be this easy. And this has been a recurring theme over the weeks of doing this with the guests that I've had on. And I think those listeners that have that have been here since the beginning understand that that I every guest has said this isn't complicated and something as simple as every day in every way I'm getting better and better every day in every way I feel better and better whatever that positive affirmation is something as simple as, as that repeated multiple times really does help us. Massive in ways we can't imagine. Jonathan, I want to thank you for giving time out of your day. I know we're in you're going into the late afternoon over there in the UK, right?
2: We are indeed, yeah, just approaching uh, 10 to 4
1: here in England. Well, I want to thank you for giving up your time with us. Again, you can find Jonathan at MagicalGuru.com. I want to thank everyone for listening to us. And next week, you're going to want to tune in because we're going to dovetail this when we talk about the conscious and unconscious minds with our special guest, Stephanie Conkle. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful week. And again, Ooh. stay away from those stop signs.
0: Thank you for joining us this week for Thinking Hypnotically, Living Mindfully. Your host, Rusty Williams, invites you to tune in again next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week.